Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope so, everything's going well for you today, sir. They are. They are. A lot of things happening in the news. It's been a strange it's been a strange few months, but uh, these past couple of weeks have been interesting. You know, we were so caught up in the indictment, and that's kind of been put on the back burner. I guess they're not going to be looking at uh, even the consideration of an indictment until next week now. That's the last that I heard. Uh, President Trump was on with Sean Hannity again. They broke it down into three nights. So uh, the the whole episode, the whole interview hasn't been presented yet. But, Mm -hmm. you you know, um, Sean says something which is interesting, and this is where I disagree with him. He he and I are on the same page when it comes to uh, every school should have security. You know, like yeah, we like so. talked about, right? But he says, oh, yeah, you can hire some old uh, retired uh, police officers and military people. And I don't think that's how it should be. I think that the uh, the schools should take it far more seriously than that. They should actually build an elite force of uh, of young paramilitary people who protect the schools. These are people who won't get winded running up the stairs chasing somebody. These are people who won't have to adjust their bifocals to aim their rifles. These are people who can uh, climb onto the roof and, and, and chase somebody if they have to, you know? Uh, so, in other words, the, the, uh, the, the force should match, uh, should match the threat. Absolutely. What you're yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm in agreement with Sean that we should have a strong security system, and we shouldn't take it lightly. You know, it shouldn't be like an afterthought. Okay, we're going to have a security system in the schools, and we'll give the guards uh, the, some training and weapon. No, we should make it an elite force of, of uh, paramilitary uh, policemen who take the job seriously, because it is important, Bill. You know, people may say, oh, they're just, they're just guarding the school for crying out loud. It's just a school until somebody does what somebody did in Nashville a couple of days ago. And then it becomes a whole different place. Did you see the video of those uh, guys uh, running in to, to take no, down? No, I did not. Oh, Bill, you, Bill, you got to see it. You got to see it. It is absolutely unbelievable. These, these uh, police officers in Nashville, mm. from the time they got the report of a shooter, an active shooter, to the time they were in the building and took the shooter down, 14 minutes. 14 minutes. And some people will say, oh, they it was overkill. They, they shot the person like six times. Their job isn't, isn't, their job is to take down that shooter. And that shooter, they shot it a few yeah, times. You, you shouldn't question it. The shooter is a threat. You have to take out the threat. Absolutely. And if it takes six bullets, it takes six bullets. Yes. And uh, they did. They took that threat down. And um, you know, people think that it's easy for police officers. You know, they have the guns and the training. But as you were running in with them, you know, they had the body camera was what you were seeing from. You were actually rolling with one of the police officers uh, during this whole process, and it's scary. Because every door you go around, you don't know whether that shooter is around that corner. It's not a video game because, yeah, you don't get to reset and start again. 
That's number one. And think about the physical strength that these guys got to have. When you're young, you just naturally have all that strength and adrenaline. You get into your 20s, your 30s, you know, yes. I'm sorry, but the body starts playing. Uh, <laughs> you think yeah. you're going to do this? Yeah. You know, it, it, with the body cam, you can hear these guys running. You go take a, you know, if you got a two-story house, start from your kitchen, run through the kitchen, run through the living room, run up them stairs. You're going to be, now, You'll instead of breathing through your nose, you're going to be breathing through your mouth. And your lungs aren't going to be getting the oxygen that you should have to go to your heart, to get to your blood, to get all over your body and make it go. Because you're getting the wrong kind of, you're you're old. Yeah, well, you know, I got to tell you, that's why you need to have younger people as the security uh, police officers on campus. Uh, you need to have constant training for them. They have to be totally prepared. Hopefully they are never, ever, ever used. I think they'll be an incredible deterrent if you make them the kind of force and give them the support that uh, they should have. You shouldn't leave these schools open to this kind of thing anymore. And if I were in Congress right now, I would have the 2023 School Security and Reinforcement Act, and I would make sure that the schools got the funding, and I would put parameters up saying, we're not going to hire retirees. We're going to hire young soldiers who will protect you know, the schools because they are our most valuable commodity. Our, our next generation is what we should be protecting, not our money, not our buildings, our kids. And there should be no question about it. Oh, I agree. Now, you know, a lot of these schools, they put, well, all the schools, they put in the metal detectors. They had the, uh, the police enforcement there. But I think the schools got a little greedy with this, and they overstepped some bounds. And when I say that there, those were there for the protection of everybody. But they used a lot of this stuff as a way to turn their schools into a police state of the kids so that they could... Uh, a case in point, I knew of a, uh, a lunchroom incident where a kid was playing a joke on somebody else, stole his Oreos, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the kid that, you know, he loved his Oreos. He goes, give him back my Oreos. And this is a true story. Give back my Oreos. No, he wouldn't. He, so, you know, he went after him to get his Oreos back. The cop steps in, and they both end up in magistrate court. You know, because why? It's not because there was really any, it was Kid shenanigans, and yeah, you needed a police officer there because a teacher couldn't break that up. But does that warrant a $500 fine each? No, actually, that's another good point. I think that when you have security systems put in place, there have to be guidelines set up right from the get-go. We shouldn't be making this up as we go. The answer isn't just to go out and hire a guard, put them at the front door, exactly, and and that's it. There has to be a whole system put in place. There should be um, there should be security cameras put up all over the school so you can see down every hallway. You can see in every corner of the property. And um, you should also have uh, guards who, not one guard who's walking around the building, you should have maybe two or three guards per building mm-hmm. paid full-time, 20, and they should be there 24-7. You say, what do you need them on the weekend for? Well, people can go in and do nefarious stuff on the weekend if there's no protection. You want to you do something bad to a school, you can go in there on a Saturday. 
Oh, that's right. You can drop off a weapon because, you know, you have one point of entrance, the main entrance, and that's where the metal detector is. But, you know, kids come in through the side doors, the back doors. You know, uh, it, the wrestling program, oh, you got to get here early this morning. Yeah, just come in through the back gym doors, and that'll yeah. take you up the stairs. You can get into the main lobby and then, you know, down to the hall to the kitchen. It's not, it's not protected. So somebody can bring in, drop off a weapon, and they can plan something. Yes. Don't think a perp doesn't plan something. And this doesn't have to be a kid. This can be that's a nefarious fellow that's going, you know, I'm going to get attention. I'm going to take out some kids in a school, and I'm going to plan a weapon. And I got this 16-year-old that's I've indoctrinated that's going to go in there, and he's going to he's going yeah. to wreak, wreak havoc because you can't have a you can't fill a leaky bucket. You know, when you got all kinds of yeah, you got a you can only have one point of entry and exit. And so, that's it. So schools got to be protected at all times. Schools may say, "Well, wait a second. We have uh, in our district. We have seven schools. Isn't the cost going to be prohibitive? No, it's going to be uh, expensive. Yeah, but I think the government should help you. The district. Well, should what be- happens if we, you lose a life of a young child? If what happened go- the other day, Bill, if six people died, three little children, three beautiful. Mm-hmm angelic little kids who were doing nothing wrong. Three little kids who you want to go over and hug when you look at their pictures, right? Yeah. You think, my God, what kind of a monster, what kind of a monster would go into a school like that? Look at a little cherub, a little perfect little person, nine years old. Aim your gun and, and... Remove their life. What kind of loving Ooh. guardian? What kind of loving guardian would leave a crack in the dike like that, where somebody could get through and oh harm a God. youngster? Bill. So you know you want to you want to count the monsters. The doors. You know, the doors when they when they showed the entry, the doors were glass, heavy thick glass. You know, but they were glass, mm-hmm. and all she did to get in that they were locked. All she did to get in was take her AR-15 and literally put a couple of rounds through two locked glass doors back to back, and the glass shattered. She reached in. She hit the open bar, and the security bar on the door, it opened up. She walked, and then one door didn't open, but the glass was broken. She just went in through the glass. She just bent down and walked in, you know, that way. Now, if there was a guard inside of there or protection inside of there, would she have gone through that way? Well, that's a good question. I I doubt it, but the alarm was going off, meaning that as soon as the the gunfire started, somebody hit an alarm, and it was an annoying, screaming, frightening alarm. If any kid heard that, they're going to be devastated. It's going to be crushing. They didn't even know what to do. That's the point. All this did, all that alarm did, Bill, was frighten the teachers and the children. Flush them out for as targets. They had no protection. Yep. You know, um, the God bless the uh, principal of the school who was killed. They said she's a heroine because she rushed out of her office and she got in the way of the kids and the gun. She was trying to stop this shooter from shooting some kids. 
I guess she might have been even successful because they shot her, but I, I would imagine the kids got away. They're, they're always, it's amazing how some people rise to the occasion, even at the end of their life like that. Uh, it, it's, it's mind-boggling. It happens in, in war. You hear about young people who some, do some incredibly heroic things that if you had told them the day before they were going to do it, they would have said, ah, it's ridiculous. But at the moment, something happens and they become special and they do something like that. Uh, she was 61 years old. Um, mm-hmm. Then you hear about her, her, her secretary at the front desk who at the moment, just before the door was broken into, she went out for a break. She stepped mm-hmm. out of the office and went out for a break. The secretary, she lived. If she hadn't gone out for the break, she would have been right in the line of fire and probably been killed. Yeah. Now, was she supposed to be there to protect somebody? Probably not. Her job was secretary. Yeah, she was. There was nobody there. There was now who. Who is the person in charge of setting up that security and going? Okay, we've dotted all our eyes. We've crossed all our t's. We are good. Actually, That's the person I'd what like to know. You know, it was a Presbyterian Christian school. And what do they a know? Private about school, and well, you know, God bless them, but. Most Christian theologies believe in nonviolence. Mm-hmm. They believe in pacifism to a certain extent. From Catholicism to Presbyterianism to Methodists to Episcopalians to Baptists, they, they believe in, you know, uh, turn the other cheek, right? I mean, that's kind of one of their fundamental beliefs. And, uh, and it, it was devastating for them. And I, I think that's the reason why this person who identified herself as a transgender man. She was born a woman. Uh, I believe that's why she attacked this building. She, in the manifesto, which they had not released yet, and everybody says, you got to release it. We have to see what was in her head. We, the public should, has a right to know. Uh, and they haven't done that. But they've been pretty open and forthright with most everything. I, you got to commend the uh, Nashville police. They've been right there giving out uh, in, information, uh, at their press conferences and uh, made other uh, situations like this look look pale in comparison to the Nashville performance. But uh, she was going to attack another school. That school that she was going to attack uh, had security, and she decided against it. She figured she it part was part of that trans right or else movement. There's a movement well, out there, trans well, right or else. It's it's us. They, that's what we don't or know. Screw you. Well, that's what we don't know. You know, this week, I think it's Saturday. Is I think Antifa. Oh yeah, we Antifa, have targets on our head Saturday. Yeah. Antifa says you are. Uh, it is transgender vo- vengeance day. I think that's. I'm not. This is off the top of my head. Antifa. And what does and Antifa stand for? Violence. Violence. Really. They, yeah. And so they are out there. They are a militia, using all these different little groups. Pressure points. To, and to sit there and target, you know, God-loving, fearing American citizens like you and me that uh, because we aren't them, right. we don't agree with they talk about what the, they are. Somebody said this morning on one of the talk shows I was listening to, they they said, that, what is the transgender community? How big is that? Is it like 1% of and the host said, no, nah, it's even probably smaller than that. 
But these anarchy groups like Antifa, they get behind them and they, they're, they're agitators. They're irritants in our society. They, they want to foment violence. They want to help bring our country to its knees. And if there's violence, they're happy. And so they've designated, apparently, uh, this coming Saturday is Transgender Vengeance Day. Tucker Carlson was talking at the open of his show mm-hmm. yesterday. And uh, Tucker does some great work. And uh, yesterday he was talking about the idea of the transgender movement being pitted against Christianity. And he had some interesting points. Listen. I can't think of any trans person who's ever been murdered by a pastor. As far as we know, that has never happened. So it's not an actual threat of violence from Christians that's inspiring some trans people to buy AR-15s. No, it's, it's got to be more fundamental than that. And it is. The trans movement is the mirror image of Christianity and therefore its natural enemy. In Christianity, the price of admission is admitting that you're not God. Christians openly concede that they have no real power over anything, and for that matter, very little personal virtue. They will tell you to your face that they are sinful and helpless and basically absurd. They're not embarrassed about any of this. They brag about it. That saved a wretch like me goes the most famous Christian hymn ever written in English. The trans movement takes the opposite view. Trans ideology claims dominion over nature itself. We can change the identity we were born with, they will tell you with wild-eyed certainty. Christians can never agree with this statement because these are powers they believe God alone possesses. That unwillingness to agree, that failure to acknowledge a trans person's dominion over nature incites and enrages some in the trans community. People who believe they're God can't stand to be reminded that they're not. So Christianity and transgender orthodoxy are wholly incompatible theologies. They can never be reconciled. They are on a collision course with each other. One side is likely to draw blood before the other side. That's what we concluded last week. Yesterday morning, tragically, our fears were confirmed. A self-identified trans person called Audrey Hale committed mass murder at a Christian school in Nashville. Hale burst into a place called the Convent School and executed three nine-year-olds as well as three adults. Police have released body cam footage from the end of the massacre. We're showing just a part of it. You can see the rest online if you want. We're not going to show it because that's too awful and sad. But what was almost as sickening to see in a far more subtle and insidious way was the media coverage of yesterday's tragedy. Here's Terry Moran of ABC News, for example suggesting that Christians were murdered in Tennessee because they infringed on the rights of transgendered people. Watch. Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, at state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. The state of Tennessee bans the sexual mutilation of children children get shot to death in a school. It's cause and effect. That's what ABC News is telling you. That's not far from justifying mass murder, but others took the next step. A group called the Trans Resistance Network said that the shooter's death was a complex tragedy that resulted from, quote, anti-trans bias. 
The Hershey Chocolate Company's new trans spokesman, meanwhile, someone called Faye Johnstone, posted messages after the shooting complaining about, quote, trans misogyny. In Canada, a taxpayer-funded trans rights organization put out a statement that ignored the murder of the children in Nashville entirely and instead claimed that there has been a, quote, exponential rise in anti-trans violence. That is a lie. It's a provable lie. And in fact, the opposite is true. We seem to be watching the rise of trans terrorism. The man who tried to murder Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh after the repeal of Roe v. Wade identified as a, quote, trans gamer girl. The man who shot up a nightclub in Colorado in this past November and murdered five people identified as non-binary. And now this. And there could be more. Antifa has announced this coming Saturday is the, quote, trans day of vengeance. Vengeance for what? That's not explained. But the suggestion is there will be violence in Washington this weekend. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted about this today, because if there's a day of vengeance coming, the rest of us should probably know about it. And for doing so, immediately had her, had her official congressional Twitter account suspended. You're not supposed to talk about any of this, apparently. And the authorities in Nashville certainly are not planning to talk about it. They're doing their best not to. Here's the police chief of Nashville explaining that while he's happy to talk about the shooter's guns, he's not going to tell you anything about the shooter's motives. Watch. So in the manifesto, there's several different writings about other locations. Uh, there were locations, uh, there was uh, talks about um, the school. There was a map of the school, a drawing of how uh, potentially she would enter and the assaults that would take place. Uh, there's it's quite a bit of uh, writing to it. I have not read the whole the entire manifesto. Our team and the FBI has been working uh, on this. Well, that's interesting. Within what seemed like minutes, we saw pictures of the rifles and the pistol. We now have horrifying body cam footage from within the school. So unsettling, we're not going to show it to you. But somehow we can't see the manifesto in which the killer explains why she killed. Why is that? It's not accidental. Well, you know exactly why it is. Because it would make the obvious undeniable. The trans movement is targeting Christians, including with violence. Most Christian leaders in this country don't want to admit that, but it is true. And anyone who's paying attention knows that it's true. And so, like most true things at this point, it is officially suppressed. Here, for example, is Joe Biden yelping again about how it's all your fault when these tragedies happen because you've got guns at home. This is from yesterday. We have to do more to stop gun violence. Ripping our communities apart, ripping the soul of this nation, ripping the very soul of the nation. And we, we have to do more to protect our schools so they aren't turned into prisons. You know, uh, the shooter in this situation reported we had two assault weapons and a pistol, two AK-47. So I call on Congress again to pass my assault weapons ban. It's interesting that President Biden said the uh, shooter had two assault weapons, two AK-47s, which is not what the uh, shooter had. The shooter had AR-15s. Um, you know, he... He walked into that press conference. You saw probably the video to that. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> I have some of that video here. And right. uh, uh, I have some of that audio here. You don't see video on a <laughs> audio podcast. But um, Sky News Australia uh, made some comments about how President Biden approached this whole shooting uh, when he came out. 
in front of a group of people at the White House. Mind you, he had been informed that there was a mass shooting, six people dead. He walks down and he starts talking about the darndest stuff. But I'll, I'll let the Sky News announcer introduce it. Listen. This horrific story out of Nashville where a 28-year-old woman has shot dead three students and three adults at a Christian school. Now, news networks crossed to President Joe Biden, who was set to address the media on the tragedy, but instead they got this. From the White House. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. Uh, it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? <laughs> Do your kids, all four of them? Yes. Well, stand up, guys. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. Uh, um, considering um, the moment. Like you. Um, we were, we were a told that the shooting that just happened uh, left three children dead. Uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this f off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. Kosher, he did eventually address the issue, but really, I mean, surely he would know the gravity of the situation and jokes about ice cream and good-looking kids in the audience. Uh, Talk about being being out of it. It's almost as if he missed, like he literally missed the memo, and he wasn't hadn't been told that this has just happened. Uh, um, and that's why you saw the, the. He needs the order cue. He needs the order cue. He needs the cards. He needs so much direction. People may say, why are people in Australia commenting about the president of the United States? Because he's the leader of the free world. You know, yeah. he what he does in Washington has a ripple effect throughout democracy around the world. And everybody is concerned. This guy walks out after that mm -hmm. terrible shooting, and everyone's expecting him to come out somber and serious and offer his condolences and to be dignified. He comes out and does a five- or six-minute comedy routine. you got to see it, folks. If you, if you don't believe me, go look at it yourself. You almost wonder, and this is just going to be sick probably in my part to say it but you know he brings up the ice cream thing and then every once in a while when there's tragedy out there well you know is this where i get my chocolate ice cream and then you go back a few well, maybe a year ago or so when there was bad news out there and there's nancy pelosi in her kitchen going oh i love my haagen chocolate ice cream i live for that i'm right. like going is this a stupid inside joke or is this something more well, you know, that's a very here. that's a very good point, Bill. I I don't know because nobody who is serious, who is paying attention, can look at what he did and make any sense out of it. I well, mean, it it's it, it makes no sense at all. How about that diatribe down was it in the Carolinas where he talks about I sent your wife flowers 
and there's dinner waiting for you. And you better be there for dinner because if you're not, I'm there. And, you know, I'm like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? What are you, what are you talking about, you idiot? You know, I'm trying to put the dots together. But, you know, as I'm listening to Tucker and I'm looking at different stories and I kind of said, wait a second here. Let's pull back from this screen of stories now and pretend like we are on a, um, on a uh, you know, we're doing an investigation and we got the wall and we're putting up stories and writing down things, right. and pinning lines to one another. And I'm starting to look at different things. Now you talk about the, uh, you know, transgenders having a, a weekend of violence and you're putting together all these coordinated violent stories. And then you look at, uh, Democratic uh, uh, Katie Ho- or Democrat Katie Hobbs press secretary. I heard about this. Calls yes. for more violence against transphobes. Well, friends, well, it's a transphobe. Well, that's you and me. Uh, hours after trans mass shooter murders children in Nashville. So we have elected officials in office that are agents against the American society. And they justify it. They justify an attack on normal, quote, normal people. That's okay because the trans movement has been, has been picked on. Well, would you please tell me how they've been picked on? Would you tell me what, where have we picked on the trans movement? We have said, okay, you can't have uh, drag queen uh, dancing shows in front of our children. Is that picking on the movement? If you want no, to go have a sex change operation, if you want to dress up in a woman's dress, that's your prerogative. Go do your thing. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I don't personally condone it. But if that's what you want to do, you have a right to do it. I'm we- sorry. We're under attack. And we have got elected officials that are sitting in offices of power. And they are getting marching order- orders from somewhere. And I think I know the the Nazi SOB that's given the orders. As long as there's turmoil and division and, and there's violence, we're not paying attention to the real issues in the world. That's right. And you know what? If you're sitting there in Australia going, God, they, they really went off the, they, they took the train off the track in the United yeah, States. Right. Or, They're or on the Canadian trolley friends to- up north. Going, yeah, you know those <laughs> those those Americans. They finally they drank yeah, their own. They're on the Kool-Aid. trolley to Lululand. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, my Canadian friends up north. Trudeau opens the pathway for refugees, immigrants to come in to take the jobs that they he says are not being filled. Well, great, you're going to open your borders. I believe. Hey, friends, let's go get some buses. Let's take them down to the border right yep. now, and just and we'll ferry them all right up there to Canada. That's it. You can have them, eh? We'll we'll take them north. We'll drop them at the border. We'll invite them to taste some of your Canadian whiskey. Go enjoy your Canadian maple syrup or whatever. I'll pay personally for a bus <laughs> to take one group because, and if we all, you know, if all of us conservatives get together and pay for a bus, you can have every damn one of them that wants to cross, and we'll even give you some of the ones that ended up falling off the, the wagon here. We'll put them on a wagon and bring them over. <laughs> it's amazing. You how, can have them. It's amazing how the Australian media... They seem so shocked and dumbfounded by that that whole uh, press conference. They they couldn't understand it. They, it was like they were. If you saw pictures of him, it was like we don't get this. What the heck is he doing? 
Oh, I think you will get it because what's happening this way, let me tell you something. It's coming your way. And there are boats to bring over those migrants there. That's right. Someone will pay for it. Well, if the Chinese can fly from China to Mexico and then illegally cross our borders, they can just as easily hop on an airplane and take a, uh, a flight to New Zealand or to uh, uh, Sydney or someplace like that and infringe on your country, too, you know? Yeah, but, you know, before they really do this world global domination thing here, mm. somehow they got to get all of our guns. Yeah, you know, they've got to oh, figure out a way to get all of our try, guns. They're trying, Bill. Uh, Biden yesterday was coming out saying, I, I've done as much as I can do with uh, executive uh, uh, actions, executive orders. Uh, it's now up to Congress to do the right thing, to do the right thing. You know, the first thing they tell you to do is disarm, right? Now, what, mm-hmm. do, the, what do the shooters have? They have guns. Somebody was on one of the shows I was watching yesterday, somebody who was, uh, works in law enforcement, and they said, look, at, trust me, trust me, the criminals don't give a darn about gun laws because they get their guns illegally anyway. So all you're doing is disarming citizens who want to protect themselves from those criminals. That's right. Other things it's happening. Amazing. In, we should talk about some other things uh, that are happening. Uh, in Pennsylvania, you know, uh, John Fetterman is still missing. Uh, they talk yeah, but, you know, his, 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 his popularity is up. Poll numbers are up. Well, it's because he hasn't done anything wrong in seven weeks. You know? Well, he's, he's missed 80%, over 80%. Well, you can't do meetings. anything wrong if you don't do anything at all, you know? Well, you know, he could be a presidential candidate in two years if he ever that's gets tr- out of That's true. Though. Look at my record. I never messed anybody up, you know? <laughs> I yeah, never gave know, anybody a hard time. Um, well, I'll be the running mate for Joe. Some of the PA voters were interviewed by, of all networks, CNN, and they had some comments about uh, what uh, Fetterman is doing and what he should do. Listen. From the suburbs of Pittsburgh. I don't think the man's fit to the, for the job, okay? And it may be that he doesn't have the cognitive ability also. Is there anything you think he could do to kind of assure you that he can handle the job? He could resign and turn it over to somebody who is physically fit to handle the job. I think that's cutting to the chase. <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, CNN uh, carried that little piece. You'll notice that it was only about uh, 17 seconds long, which is a lot yeah. to donate to that uh, whole thing. But uh, Fetterman, he is um, he is overwhelmed, I think. he's not. He really shouldn't be in the position he's in. If he I has, don't even think he has a clue as to what's going on in the news, uh, where, where he is right now, as far as he knows. He's uh, 10 years old and he's been grounded. You know, I, I don't know. He's... He is not of any mental capacity. You know, well, we're, we're hearing what they want us to hear. You know, depression is a terrible thing, and I believe that uh, treatment for depression is important. I, mm-hmm. I believe he never should have been running for the Senate position. Uh, they, they pushed him in. it When he had the stroke last May, that should have been it. They should have said, thank you very much, but we're withdrawing until uh, our husband is in better shape, you know, and, and he can... He can stand the rigors of the position, and then they just pushed him. And I, if you live in, if you live in Pennsylvania and you uh, were a supporter of Doctor Oz, uh, you probably are like a lot of his followers who believe that 
that election wasn't above board too. Uh, the same people who some say, many say, including yours truly, that uh, stole the election in 2020 in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, those same people were counting the votes again in 2022. You know, that's what gets me about President Trump. He talks about 2024 like uh, the election is going to be overwhelming and the results will be different. And I just don't see them doing anything different. I mean, if they need 90 million votes to beat Trump, they'll manufacture 90 million votes. Mm-hmm. And he will you know, lose. You know, there's, uh, I forget the guy's name. He's, I, I could look it up real quick. But he did, uh, you know, investigative journalism before. And uh, one of the pieces he's got out right now that's uh, getting ready to hit is um, about, uh, you know, money laundering, uh, where they rake in illegal dollars on the Democratic side. They've got, you know, we, we talk about uh, vote harvesting. They've got money harvesting. They have got this damn thing down to a precise science. They are getting money that was not intended for them mm-hmm. going to them. They harvest it all. They just get their rakes out and they rake it like the leaves right off the lawn, you know, and no, we got it. We raked it up. It's ours. Well, President Trump says he doesn't believe in it, but if they're going to do it, we've got to learn to do it too. We've mm-hmm. got, we've got to uh, vote harvest. Uh, but I, I just think that, that when there are machines involved, they can be tampered with. If the thing is basically a computer It can be hacked. And if it's connected to the Internet, which apparently many of these machines were, uh, then they definitely can be hacked. Anybody who has uh, the skills can get into anything from anywhere. So Uh, how do you feel about vote harvesting? If it's good for them, it's good for us. Well, I think if it may be an exercise and frustration on our part. If we think that that's going to make the difference in 2024, just get out there, harvest those votes, make sure you get every vote that you can in to be counted. That's all well and good. And I, in a, in a and if fa- you lose, you lost. In a fair and honest world, in a fair and honest voting society, uh, that would work. But I just have a hard time shaking the fact that, that it's not honest. It's not fair. There's things that are happening below the surface uh, with our voting system that is not above board. You know, the longer we move away from 2020, the more uh, of a historical event it becomes, and the more the story that they've put in place sets. It's almost like concrete, you know? It's like they, you know, when you pour a concrete driveway or a concrete walkway, uh, when you just pour it, it's malleable. You can move it around. You can write your name in a in a square if you want to. It's very flexible. But the longer you let it sit there, the more it sets. And when it hardens, you can't do nothing with it. It's set. That's it. And that's how the election of 2020, in my view, is right now. Uh, people say, "Well, you're don't be an election denier. You're an election denier." I have the same view of the 2020 election now that I had three days after the election, two days after the election. They haven't changed. It's just that it it has become more of an accepted 
storyline that there was no fraud involved. It was just uh, that uh, Biden had an overwhelming voting presence. Oh, the guy couldn't draw if he were manure. Flies. He couldn't draw flies, okay? And yet he beat a guy who fills stadiums with a snap of a finger? Who are you kidding? I mean, you, you know, I may have been born Tuesday, but not last Tuesday. And, and you can say what you want. You can lie all you want. But as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, it was stolen, and it's not going to change in 2024. I thought that something serious and important had to take place in our country to rectify the problem, and as I see it, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, you know, look, you know the 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 thing that Trump's saying, hey, we got to learn to harvest and do all of that. That came from Hannity, and I'm sitting there going, you know, two sinners don't make a saint. Yeah, uh, we've got to fix what is going on with everything, because if we go and play the same shenanigans they play, and then we still lose. We've got no argument left. We're it's done. You know we've got to fix it. I'm one of these guys who I'm a bit of an idealist. I thought that um, maybe if there was a nefarious group of deep state people who were trying to manipulate and run our country, people who were unelected, people who have been around Washington doing these actually unlawful things for decades. Uh, you would think that the military being above board and beyond reproach and taking their oath seriously would have said, wait a second, we, we raised our right hand and we vowed to serve and protect uh, the people of the United States from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And the last part of that is the key, the domestic part. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a deep state that is breaking our laws manipulating our politicians and our elections and doing things that only benefit them and not the American people and the Constitution, then you would have thought the military would have had an obligation, an obligation to rectify the problem. I'm not saying, you know, arm up, get the tanks together and roll into Washington, but there are things that they could have done more subtle that would have maybe had an effect and been beneficial to our society. I don't see that. I don't see that uh, happening. Or no, I don't either. And I, but I don't think uh, you know the the average American citizen doesn't even understand, you know, the Constitution. You know what we stand for, what America is. Uh, we talked about it earlier. You know about the incorporation uh, in uh, the District of Columbia that it was a you know that. It might have been the biggest still of life where they took away our government and we, the people, are now owned by a corporation. We, we elect a president, and that's just a, a show. It's, it's, it's all for show, and you don't elect a CEO. That's done by the people that say, we own you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, Matt Taibbi was the guy who was the reporter who was uh, put in place by uh, Elon Musk to right. go through the the Twitter He's information being attacked by the IRS. Yeah, but do you know when he was attacked, Bill? The day he was going to testify in front of Congress, in front of uh, uh, the uh, co- committee looking into the weaponization of the FBI, he was going to 
testify, that day the IRS showed up at his house and left a note saying, we're coming back to see you. You know, we want to look at some of your tax records. Now, to me, that sounds like intimidation. That well, sounds, it is intimidation. And, and it, that sounds like something you would see maybe in uh, Nazi Germany in 1943. Well, you, maybe we're run by a, a Nazi German from Hungary. Well, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the person that's really calling the shots. I'm just saying, you know, you take a piece of, get a, you know, big construction board and start writing down notes of all the different stories and start connecting dots, and oh, you're sitting there going, wait a minute, it spells a different picture. Oh, absolutely. We have a country that has no borders. We mm. don't believe in borders. We believe that uh, the cartels have uh, should have the right to ship in as much uh, drug product as they want to into our country. We have our soldiers abandoning almost $90 billion worth of equipment and money and, and leaving a country, leaving behind... American citizens who, by the way, they just the other day admitted, well, some of them are being held hostage to this day in Afghanistan. And nobody's no, talking care. about they're, it. They're, they're accept, acceptable losses for the so, cause. Then he goes into the Ukraine. He throws billions of dollars of our money. He gets the Congress, the majority of Congress, to rally around this whole cause, which doesn't make any darn sense at all. People may say, well, you know, the Ukraine was a buffer between uh, Russia and Poland. And, you know, if we just let them walk into the Ukraine, what's next? Poland? Poland is a lot stronger than the Ukraine, I think, in my humble opinion. I don't think that was ever part of the game plan when it came to what the Russians wanted to do. More than anything, the Russians wanted to free up the eastern uh, section of the Ukraine, the section that's on the border of Russia, that is basically Russian. They right. they are Russian people who are in the Ukraine. And supposedly, if you believe the stories in the press, the world press, you won't hear, you won't see it in our press. But if you read the world press, uh, they actually wanted to be a part of Russia. The people in the eastern Ukraine. That's what uh, Putin was looking to get. Crimea was historically Russian, part of the Soviet Union. I don't think... To this day, we're being told the true story by our government by just about anything right now. One of no. the things that we got from Trump, in my opinion, was straight talk. We got honesty from his administration for the most part. When he wasn't being challenged and attacked by his own people, by the, uh, the Judases in his administration, uh, we got uh, a straight scoop on what was going on in the world. I don't think Biden's given us one straight fact since he's been in office. I think he is the consummate liar. He lies with a, a charming smile. He does it with, yeah, the, he does. E with ease and finesse. It truly is sad for our country because, and he's also being made the fool in the eyes of the world. I mean, the world looks at this guy, Biden, and then they, like you said a little while ago, they, they, they don't know what to make of it. America's lost its mind. They put this guy mm -hmm. in office. Well, here's anyway. that funny thing I was talking about. It's not funny. I have no idea what this comes from, but North Carolina. This is a quote yesterday afternoon. I sent flowers to your wife. 
I don't know about you. You better damn well be on time for that dinner. He has dinner later tonight. I'm not going to tell you the time. What the heck is this? What, what is that? What, what is that This from? is Joe Biden in North Carolina yesterday. At a, uh, it's on the Gateway Pundit. You can find it there. It's, was he at a speech? He, was he giving a speech? Was, he, he was doing some kind of talk, and, but everybody he, in, in the middle of this thing, he just comes out rambling like, you know, this is where I get ice cream. He comes down and says this. Only in the mind of Joe does that mean anything. Well, maybe he's off his meds. I don't know. Um, you know or, yeah, he, or he said that into all the ships at sea. Dit, 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 one, two, three. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he is, uh, look, he's a crazy idiot. We're doing stupid stuff. We're, we're in for hard times. Yeah, yeah, we, we truly are. Stephen Miller was on Laura Ingram's show. I like Laura Ingram for the most yeah. part. But, you know, she works at Fox, and everybody knows for, who's paying attention that the Fox network uh, has done an about-face. It's not the conservative bastion that it once was. It has brought on a lot of uh, questionable contributors, people who are leftist to be mm-hmm. the alternate voices. And supposedly they have edicts coming from on high, like from Rupert Murdoch's office, to not uh, promote President Trump, to keep him off the air as much as you can, to don't not give him the camera and the microphone as much as we did in, in 2016, uh, because there's a jealousy involved. You know, Rupert Murdoch's got an ego, too, and they were competitive billionaires in New York uh, for the longest time, and I think that their egos have got in the way, and plus... The sons who are running the network, their wives are liberals. And they go to all the liberal functions in New York. And uh, I guess they were embarrassed because people would say, oh, you owned Fox. Ooh. Well, um, Laura Ingram had Stephen Miller, who was a, an aide to President Trump on. And Laura was, she got the memo, I think, from upstairs. And she's not quite as much of a Trump supporter as she has been in the past. And Stephen Miller kind of got down on her and said, wait a second. Uh, and he did a lot of uh, explaining. This is Stephen Miller on Laura Ingram's show a couple of days ago. Republicans know well, that we jump need in the here. best. Go ahead. The, the Go president ahead. Yeah. Stephen thinks policy that works. plan every, every week. Yeah. But Laura, the president's put forward a new policy plan every week. He's released the Quantum Leap Plan to build freedom cities and revolutionize the American way of life Why and American he transportation. About them? He's launched a plan to end child mutilation. It was two-thirds of his speech in Waco. It was three-quarters of his speech at CPAC. He did right, a full hour on policy in both of those addresses. He's a four-year yeah. plan to phase out imports on China. He detailed the plan to take out the deep state. He's detailed the plan to end the war in Ukraine. He's detailed the plan to completely so he, so, reshape so nothing, our nothing approach. Nothing can be tweaked. Stephen, nothing, nothing can be tweaked. Nothing. I have not in my lifetime seen a candidate who's put out more new policy in so short a period of time. They talk about it. Talk about it every time you get. Every single week. Okay, so, Stephen. I was if at you, the CPAC if, speech. It was an hour straight I'm in not talking speech. about the CPAC speech. I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking it about was, tonight. It was, 
it this was is a huge opportunity to talk to Sean the American asked people. Sean him about the biggest news story in the country, which is which is people trying to prosecute him because he is the leading candidate. There's no cheery way to be prosecuted by Alvin Bragg. There's no cheery way to have the special counsel come after you. Didn't he say isn't was a cheery it, way. And he should be. But he says we'll over and over the, again, they're coming yeah. after him because they're trying to come after us. Right. And that Steven, is what he should be to... saying. And he should be indignant. Okay. So, Stephen, this is, by the way, Stephen and I agree on 100% of all the policy issues. So this is what's <laughs> fun about this. But She was uh, trying to defend uh, the corporate philosophy. You know, I mean, it, she was putting down the interview that President Trump had with Sean Hannity, the first episode of it, I think, which was Monday. I right. saw I saw that interview. She was saying that he, he didn't give enough substance about his policies. And it was an interview, Laura. I saw the interview. I saw last night's interview. And he had to go along with the questions Hannity was asking. You know, if Hannity says, so where did you park your car? You can't talk about something else entirely. You got to talk about where you parked your car. You got to you got to do some backstory in Laura, and the fact that she used to be what was the station out in L.A. and she, that's where she was, and she was syndicated and whatnot, and her show was not doing that well. Laura, if you if you doubt it, let's go back to some old tapes, uh, take you back to your early years. You never had a point. You would sit there and you would get to uh, the edge, and then you wouldn't take a side because you did. You, you didn't have a point in anything. Somewhere, someone came along and said, Laura, if you want to make it, you got to pick a side, have a point. And she started doing that, and she grew and grew and grew. But it, what I'm hearing in that interview is some of the old mushball Laura Ingram. Here's the thing. I truly believe this. I believe this about Hannity. Uh, even to a certain extent, I can see it in Tucker. Uh, I, not as much, because I think he pushes back as much as he can push back. But, you know, these are guys, these are people who work for a corporation, and they make a lot of money. I'm talking in the millions of dollars a year. Each of these people get paid an enormous amount of money to do what they're doing, what you and I do for nothing. Nothing. Yeah, we do it for free. Yeah, yeah. we but it's ours, and nobody can turn us off. Uh, the thing about it is, uh, I think that there comes a point with all of these people where they go, well, wait a second, if I push back too much, I'm going to lose my gig. I mean, look what happened to Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly was the biggest nighttime talk show host in the world, and they removed him with some ridiculous, spurless uh, charges and uh, uh, accusations that really didn't make a lot of sense. They they kind of threw it out there so they could justify removing him, but they removed him because he wasn't following the corporate line. He wasn't being a good boy. And uh, I think they, at a point, look around and see, well, if, if we push too hard, we're going to lose our gig. So we'll kind of fall in line. We'll give a little pushback, we'll appear not to be totally on President Trump's side. I mean, I see it with Hannity. Hannity, uh, he did a nice job on the interview, but not quite the all-in type uh, supporter that you would have hoped he would be. Uh, he asked some uh, lightweight questions. I guess he's going to continue the interview tonight on his program. 
and he's going to have some, uh, uh, what do they call it when they have fast answers? Uh, 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 there's going to be a, a session where they, uh, he just give me your, your thought on this. What do you think of this? Yes or no? You know, uh, nonsensical. You know, was, Barbara Walters did a lot of these kind of things. What's your favorite color? I mean, in an interview with somebody, she would ask ridiculous questions. And I think that's where tonight's part of the interview is going to go because they don't want to get into the real deep stuff, the, the real deep weeds. And President Trump, people may say, well, why is, why is President Trump being so good to Sean? Because he is being very deferential. He's being very polite to Sean. Uh, he's giving some comp- compliments. It's because President Trump knows that he needs somebody on that network with some semblance of, of, of uh, support. He can't completely alienate Fox if he's going to win in 2024. At least that's how he, You know what? I was just sitting there thinking. Uh, the right needs uh, uh, a, a bullhorn, a Rush Limbaugh. He, 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 everybody fell in line after Rush. Yeah. Rush was a true patriot. Yep. He cut through it all and he was unencumbered by any network, anybody, any, yep. anybody, because he owned his own, the IBE network was EIB Rush. network, yeah. Or EIB. Yeah. I, I get everything, you know, <laughs> discombobulated. But he, uh, he owned it. Yep. You know, and, you know, and if you go, well, yeah, but he was a journalist and he did all this. He was a rock and roll disc jockey at KQV in uh, Pittsburgh. In the, yep. another and Wixie, station out there. Wixie. Wixie, Wixie yeah, yeah. In Pittsburgh, too. Uh, yeah, so he and uh, another guy, uh, Jim Quinn, that worked for yeah. me for a while. And, uh, you know, they they just, they, they shot from the hip. They were cowboy. They were cowboy journalists. Yeah? Well, here's what I think. Bang, bang. And Rush, but they, they got their point out there. Rush was... Besides being a conservative, he he could get his point across to the common man easily. He could relate to the the listener as very few talk show hosts can. You wanted to hear him every day he was on the radio. Because yeah, you're right. He was a common guy, and that came from his radio side. Because you know, a good disc jockey falls over the fence and wallows in the mud with a listener. You know, sometimes, you know, you're a pig. Let's go ahead and play with the other pigs. Uh, but he was, he was, he was like you and me. Did, you, <laughs> you're saying, you're saying because I was a disc jockey one time, I used to jump over a fence and wallow with the and pigs. in the mud with the rest of us. <laughs> I think we should end the show with this. I really do. I think we've just about done it. Uh, because I have some wallowing to do after the show, okay? <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> Listen, you have. <laughs> I know. Oh my God, I'm not going to edit this. I knew as soon as I went there. Was, well, but it's a true statement. If you yeah, if you've been in the business, true. you understand what I'm yeah, talking. We're about. all a bunch of uh, wallowers. <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> you wallowing fellow, you. <laughs> Our phone number here is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. 833-538-7868. Please tell your friends about our show because it grows and leaps and bounds thanks to you. Oh, and you know what? It's mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. There's also mail at uh, crnamerica.com. Mail at crnamerica.com. 
I think you should go take a shower. <laughs> I know I've been wall- I've been wallowing what too much. What have you been wallowing in? <laughs> I know. Hey, before I before I leave here, if you are somebody in the media and you like our show and you'd like to maybe talk about helping us distribute it to a larger audience, maybe on your radio station, please feel free to contact us at 833-538-7868 because we're interested in doing that. We're looking We'd into like to wallow in your mud. <laughs> I think we'll I think we'll go now. Have a great day, my friend. You will wallow are you. <laughs> The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>